This is Jeffrey Bridges, executive producer of Pendant Productions, presenting Act One of Twelfth Night in the Pendant Shakespeare, a collection of the works of William Shakespeare. Thanks for listening. The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. If music be fruit of love, play on. Give me excess of it, that suffeting the appetite may sicken and so die. That strain again, it had a dying fall. Oh, it came over my ear like the sweet sound that breathes upon the bank of violets, stealing and giving odor. Enough. No more. Tis not so sweet now as it was before. Oh, spirit of love, how quick and fresh art thou, that notwithstanding thy capacity receiveth as the sea, not enters there. What validity and pitch soar, but falls into abandonment and low price, even in a minute. So full of shapes is fancy that it alone is high fantastical. Will you go hunt, my lord? What, Kiriah? The heart. Why, so I do, the noblest that I have. Oh, my eyes did see Olivia first. Methought she purged the air of pestilence. That instant was I turned into a heart. And my desires like fell and cruel hounds ere since pursue me. How now? What, what news from her? So please, my lord, I might not be admitted, but from my handmaid do return this answer. The element itself, till seven years' heat, shall not behold her face at ample view. But like a cloistress, she will veil, walk and water once a day her chamber round with eye-offending brine. All this to season the brother's dead love, that she would keep fresh and lasting in her sad remembrance. Oh, she that hath a heart of that fine frame to pay this debt of love but to a brother? How will she love when the rich golden shaft hath killed the flock of her affections else that live in her? When liver, brain, and heart, these sovereign thrones are supplied and filled her sweet perfections with oneself king. Away before me to the sweet beds of flowers. Love thoughts lie rich when canopied with bowers. What country, friends, is this? This is Illyria, lady. And what should I do in Illyria? 
My brother, he is in Elysium. Perchance he is not drowned. What think you, sailors? It is perchance that you yourself were saved. Oh, my poor brother. And so perchance may he be. True, madam. And the comfort you would chance, assure yourself. After our ship did split, when you and those poor numbers saved with you hung on our driving boat, I saw your brother, most provident in peril, bind himself, courage and hope both teaching in the practice, to a strong mast that lived upon the sea, where, like Arian on the dolphin's back, I saw him hold acquaintance with the waves so long as I could see. <laughs> For saying so, there's gold. Mine own escape unfoldeth to my hope. Where to thy speech serves for authority, the like of him. Knowest thou this country? Aye, madam, well, for I was bred and born not three hours' travel from this very place. Who governs here? A noble duke, in nature as in name. What is the name? Orsino. Orsino! I have heard my father name him. He was a bachelor then. And so is now, or was so very late. For about a month ago I went from hence, and then t'was fresh in murmur. As you know, what great ones do, the less will prattle of, that he did seek the love of fair Olivia. What's she? A virtuous maid, the daughter of a count that died some twelve months since, then leaving her in the protection of his son, her brother, who shortly also died, for whose dear love, they say, she hath abjured the company and sight of men. Oh, that I served that lady and might not be delivered to the world till I had made mine own occasion mellow what my estate is. That were hard to compass, because she will admit no kind of suit. No, not the dukes. There is a fair behavior in thee, Captain, and though that nature with beauteous wall doth oft close in pollution, <laughs> yet of thee I will believe thou hast a mind that suits with this, thy fair and outward character. I prithee, and I'll pay thee bounteously, conceal me what I am, and be my aid for such disguise as haply shall become the form of my intent. I'll serve this duke. Thou shalt present me as Munich to him. It may be worth thy pains, for I can sing and speak to him in many sorts of music that will allow me very worth his service. What else may hap to time, I will commit. Only shape thou thy silence. To my wit. Be you his eunuch, and your mute I'll be. When my tongue blabs, then let mine eye not see. I thank thee. Lead me on. What a plague means my niece to take the death of her brother thus? I am sure care's an enemy to life. By my troth, Sir Toby, you must come in earlier a nights. Your cousin, my lady, takes great exceptions to your ill hours. Why, let her accept before accepted. Aye, but you must confine yourself within the modest limits of order. Confine? I'll confine myself no finer than I am. These clothes are good enough to drink in, and so be these boots too. They be not, then let them hang themselves in their own straps. That quaffing and drinking will undo you. I heard my lady talk of it yesterday. And of a foolish knight that you brought in one night here to be her wooer? Who, Sir Andrew Agutic? Aye, he. He's as tall a man as any Illyria. What's that to the purpose? Why, he has three thousand ducats a year. 
Aye, but he'll have but a year in all these ducats. He's a very fool and a prodigal. Fine that you'll say so. He plays on the viola de gamba, and speaks three or four languages word for word without book, and hath all the good gifts of nature. He hath indeed. Almost natural, for besides that he's a fool, he's a great quarreler, and but that he hath the gift of a coward to allay the gust he hath in quarreling, tis thought among the prudent he would quickly have the gift of a grave. By this hand, they are scoundrels and subtractors that say so of him. Who are they? They that add, moreover, he's drunk nightly in your company. With drinking healths to my niece. I'll drink to her as long as there is a passage in my throat and drink in Illyria. He is a coward and a coistrel that will not drink to my niece till his brains turn on the toe like a parish top. What wench? Castiliano Volgo, for here comes Sir Andrew Ague face. Sir Toby Belch. How now, Sir Toby Belch? Sweet Sir Andrew. Bless you, fair shrew. And you too, sir. A cost, Sir Andrew, a cost. What's that? My niece's chambermaid. Good mistress, a cost. I desire better acquaintance. My name is Mary, sir. Good mistress Mary, a cost. You mistake, knight. A cost is front her, board her, woo her, assail her. By my troth, I would not undertake her in this company. Is that the meaning of a cost? Ugh, fare you well, gentlemen. And thou let her part so, Sir Andrew? Would thou mightest never draw sword again? And you part so, mistress, I, I would I might never draw sword again. A fair lady, do you think you have fools in hand? Sir, I have not you by the hand. Marry, but you shall have, and here's my hand. Now, sir, thought is free. I pray you bring your hand to the buttery bar and let it drink. Wherefore, sweetheart? What's your metaphor? It's dry, sir. Why, I think so. I'm not such an ass, but I can keep my hand dry. But what's your jest? A dry jest, sir. Are you full of them? Aye, sir, I have them at my fingers' ends. Mary, now I let go your hand, I am barren. Oh, knight, thou lackest a cup of canary. When did I see thee so put down? Never in my life, I think, unless you see canary put me down. Methinks sometimes I have no more wit than a Christian or an ordinary man has. But I am a great eater of beef, and I believe that does harm to my wit. No question. And I thought that I'll forswear it. I'll ride home tomorrow, Sir Toby. Pourquoi, my dear knight? What is pourquoi? Do or not do? I would I had bestowed that time in the tongues that I had in fencing, dancing, and bear-baiting. Oh, had I but followed the arts. Then hadst thou had an excellent head of hair. Why? Would that have mended my hair? Last question. For thou seest it will not curl by nature. But it becomes me well enough, does not. Excellent. It hangs like flax on a distaff, and I hope to see a housewife take thee between her legs and spin it off. Faith, I'll home tomorrow, Sir Toby. Your niece will not be seen, or if she be, it's four to one she'll none of me. The Count himself here hard by woos her. She'll none of the Count. She'll not match above her degree neither in estate years nor wit. I have heard her swear it. There's still life in it, man. I'll stay a month longer. I am a fellow of the strangest mind in the world. Oh, I delight in masks and revels sometimes altogether. Art thou good at these kickshaws as knight? As any man in Illyria, whatsoever he be, under the degree of my betters. 
and yet I will not compare with an old man. What is thy excellence in a galleon, knight? Faith, I can cut a caper. <laughs> and I can cut the mutton to it. And I think I have the back trick simply as strong as any man in Illyria. Wherefore are these things hid? Wherefore have these gifts a curtain before them? Are they like to take a dust like a Mistress Morrell's picture? Why dost thou not go to church in a galliard and come home in a corondo? My very walk should be a jig. I would not so much as make water but in a sink apace. What dost thou mean? Is it a world to hide virtues in? I did think by the excellent constitution of thy leg, it was formed under the star of a galliard. Aye, tis strong, and it does indifferent well in a flame-coloured stock. Shall we set about some revels? What shall we do else? Were we not born under Taurus? Taurus? That's sides and heart. No, sir, it is the legs and thighs. Let me see the caper. Ha! Higher! Ha <laughs> Excellent! If the Duke continued these favors towards you, Cesario, you are like to be much advanced. He hath known you but three days, and already you are no stranger. You either fear his humor or my negligence, that you call in question the continuance of his love. Is he inconstant, sir, in his favors? Uh-uh. Believe me. I thank you. Here comes the Count. Who saw Cesario? Ho. On your attendance, my lord. Here. Stand you a while aloof. Cesario, thou knowest no less but all. I have unclasped to thee the book even of my secret soul. Therefore, good youth, address thy gate unto her. Be not denied access. Stand at her doors and tell them. There thy fixed foot shall grow till thou have audience. Sure, my noble lord. If she be so abandoned to her sorrow as it is spoke, she never will admit me. Be clamorous, and leap all civil bounds rather than make unprofited return. Say I do speak with her, my lord. What then? Oh, well, then unfold the passion of my love. Surprise her with discourse of my dear faith. It shall become thee well to act my woes. She will attend it better in thy youth than in annuncios of more grave aspect. I... Think not so, my lord. Oh, dear lad, believe it. For they shall yet belial thy happy years that say thou art a man. Diana's lip is not more smooth and rubious. Thy pipe is as the maiden's, shrill and sound. And all is semblative a woman's part. I know thy constellation is right apt for this affair. Now, some four or five attend him. All, if you will. For I myself am best, at least in company. Prosper well in this, and thou shalt live as freely as thy lord, to call his fortunes thine. I'll do my best to woo your lady. Yet a barful strife, whoe'er I woo, myself would be his wife. Nay, either tell me where thou hast been, or I will not open my lips so wide as a bristle may enter in way of thy excuse. My lady will hang thee for thy absence. 
Let her hang me. He that is well hanged in this world needs to fear no colors. Make that good. He shall see none to fear. A good Lenten answer. I can tell thee where that saying was born of I fear no colors. Where, good Mistress Mary? In the wars. And that may you be bold to say in your foolery. Well, God give them wisdom that have it, and those that are fools, let them use their talents. Yet you will be hanged for being so long absent, or to be turned away. Is not that as good as a hanging to you? Many a good hanging prevents a bad marriage. And for turning away, let summer bear it out. You are resolute, then. Not so, neither, but I am resolved on two points. That if one break, the other will hold, or if both break, your Gaskins fall. Ugh. Apt. In good faith, very apt. Well, go thy way. If Sir Toby would leave drinking, thou wert as witty a piece of Eve's flesh as any in Illyria. Peace, you rogue. No more of that. Here comes my lady. Make your excuse wisely, you were best. Be thy will, put me into good fooling. Those wits that think they have thee do very oft prove fools. And I, that am sure I lack thee, may pass for a wise man. For what says Quinapolis? Better a witty fool than a foolish wit. God bless thee, lady. Ah, take the fool away. Do you not hear, fellows? Take away the lady. Go to, you're a dry fool. I'll know more of you. Besides... You grow dishonest. Two faults, Madonna, that drink and good counsel will amend. For give the dry fool drink, then is the fool not dry. Bid the dishonest man mend himself. If he mend, he is no longer dishonest. If he cannot, let the botcher mend him. <laughs> Anything that's mended is but patched. Virtue that transgresses is but patched with sin, and sin that amends is but patched with virtue. If that this simple syllogism will serve, so. If not, what remedy? As there is no true cuckold but calamity, so beauty's a flower. The lady bade take away the fool. Therefore I say again, take her away. I bade them take away you. Miss Prison in the highest degree. Lady, cuckolus non facit monacum. That's as much to say as I wear not motley in my brain. Good Madonna, give me leave to prove you a fool. Can you do it? Dexterously, good Madonna. Make your proof. I must catechize you for it, Madonna. Good my mouse of virtue, answer me. For want of other idleness, I'll bide your proof. Good Madonna, why mournest thou? Good fool, for my brother's death. I think his soul is in hell, Madonna. I know his soul is in heaven, fool. The more fool, Madonna, to mourn for your brother's soul being in heaven. Take away the fool, gentlemen. What think you of this fool, Malvolio? Doth he not mend? Yes, and shall do till the pangs of death shake him. Infirmity that decays the wise doth ever make the better fool. God send you, sir, a speedy infirmity for the better increasing of your folly. Sir Toby will be sworn that I am no fox, but he will not pass his word for twopence that you are no fool. How <laughs> say to that, Malvolio? Ha. <laughs> I marvel your ladyship takes delight in such a barren rascal. I saw him put down the other day with an ordinary fool that has no more brain than a stone. Look you now, he's out of his guard already. Unless you laugh and minister occasion to him, he is gagged. 
I protest, I take these wise men that crow so at these set kind of fools. No better than the fool Zanies. Oh, you are sick of self-love, Malvolio, and a taste with a distempered appetite. To be generous, guiltless, and a free disposition is to take those things for bird bolts that you deem cannon bullets. There is no slander in an allowed fool, though he do nothing but rail, nor no railing in a known discreet man, though he do nothing but reprove. Now, Mercury, endue thee with leasing, for thou speakest well of fools! Madam, there is at the gate a young gentleman much desires to speak with you. <laughs> From the Count Orsino, is it? I know not, madam. Tis a fair young man, and well attended. Who of my people hold him in delay? Sir Toby, madam. Your kinsman. Ah, oh, fetch him off, I pray you. He speaks nothing but madman. Fie on him! Go you, Malvolio. If it be a suit from the Count, I am sick or not at home. Uh, what you will to dismiss it. Now you see, sir, how your fooling grows old and people dislike it. Thou hast spoke for us, Madonna, as if thy eldest son should be a fool, whose skull Jove cram with brains, for here he comes, one of thy kin has a most weak piamater. By mine honor, half drunk. What is he at the gate, cousin? A gentleman. A gentleman? What gentleman? Tis a gentleman here. A plague on these pickle herring. How now, sot? Good Sir Toby. Cousin. Cousin, how have you come so early by this lethargy? Lechery? I defy lechery. Else one of the gate. Aye, Mary, what is he? Listen be the devil any will. I care not. Give me faith, say I. Well, it's all one. What's a drunken man like, fool? Like a drowned man, a fool, and a madman. One draft above heat makes him a fool, the second mads him, and a third drowns him. Go thou and seek the crowner, and let him sit on my cause. For he's in the third degree of drink, he's drowned. Go, look for him. He is but mad yet, Madonna. And the fool shall look to the madman. Madam, yond young fellow swears he will speak with you. I told him you were sick. He takes on him to understand so much, and therefore comes to speak with you. I told him you were asleep. He seems to have a foreknowledge of that too, and therefore comes to speak with you. What is to be said to him, lady? He's fortified against any denial. Tell him he shall not speak with me. Has been told so. And he says he'll stand at your door like a sheriff's post and be the supporter to a bench, but he'll speak with you. What kind of man is he? Why, of mankind? <laughs> what manner of man? A very ill manner. He'll speak with you, will you or no? Of what personage in years is he? Not yet old enough for a man, nor young enough for a boy. As a squash is before tis a piscid, or a cooling when tis almost an apple. Tis with him in standing water, between boy and man. He is very well favored, and he speaks very shrewishly. One would think his mother's milk were scarce out of him. Let him approach. Call in my gentlewoman. Gentlewoman, my lady calls. Give me my veil. Come, throw it o'er my face. We'll once more hear Orsino's embassy. 
the Honorable Lady of the House. Uh, which is she? Speak to me. I shall answer for her. Your will? Most radiant, exquisite, and unmatchable beauty. I pray you, tell me if this be the Lady of the House, for I never saw her. I'd be loath to cast away my speech, for besides that it is excellently well penned, I have taken great pains to con it. Good beauties, let me sustain her scorn. I am very comfortable, even to the least sinister usage. Whence came you, sir? I can say little more than I have studied and that question's out of my part. Good gentle one, give me modest assurance if you be the lady of the house, that I may proceed in my speech. Are you a comedian? No, my profound heart. And yet, by the very fangs of malice, I swear... Uh, I am not that I play. <laughs> Are you the lady of the house? If I do not usurp myself, I am. Most certain. If you are she, you do usurp yourself. For what is yours to bestow is not yours to reserve. But this is from my commission. I will on with my speech in your praise, and then show you the heart of my message. Come to what is important in it. I forgive you the praise. Alas, I took great pains to study it, and tis poetical. It is the more like to be feigned. I pray you, keep it in. I heard you were saucy at my gates and allowed your approach rather to wonder at you than to hear you. If you be not mad, be gone. If you have reason, be brief. Tis not that time of moon with me to make one in so skipping a dialogue. Will you hoist sail, sir? Here lies your way. No, good swabber. I am to hull here a little longer. Some mollification for your giant, sweet lady. Tell me your mind. I am a messenger. Sure, you have some hideous matter to deliver when the courtesy of it is so fearful. Speak your office. It alone concerns your ear. I bring no overture of war, no taxation of homage. I hold the olive in my hand. My words are as fun of peace as matter. Yet you began rudely. What are you? What would you? The rudeness that hath appeared in me I have learned for my entertainment. What I am and what I would. Her secret is maidenhead. To your ears, divinity. To any others, profanation. Huh? Give us the place alone. We will hear this divinity. Now, sir, what is your text? Most sweet lady. A comfortable doctrine, and much may be said of it. Where lies your text? In Orsino's bosom. In his bosom? In what chapter of his bosom? To answer by the method, in the first of his heart. Oh, I have read it. It is heresy. Have you no more to say? Good madam, uh... Let me see your face. Have you any commission from your lord to negotiate with my face? You are now out of your text. But we will draw the curtain and show you the picture. Look you, sir. Such a one I was this present. Is not well done? Excellently done. <laughs> if God did all. Tis in grain, sir. Twill endure wind and weather. Tis beauty truly blent, whose red and white nature's own sweet and cunning hand laid on. Lady, you are the cruelest she alive. If you will lead these graces to the grave and leave the world, no copy. Oh, sir, I will not be so hard-hearted. 
I will give out diverse schedules of my beauty. It shall be inventoried in every particle and utensil labeled to my will. As item, two lips in different red. As item, two gray eyes with lids to them. Item, one neck, one chin, and so forth. Were you sent hither to praise me? I see what you are. You are too proud. But if you were the devil, you are fair. My lord and master loves you. Oh, such love could be but recompensed, though you were crowned the non-perial of beauty. How does he love me? With adorations, fertile tears, with groans that thunder love, with sighs of fire. Your lord does know my mind. I cannot love him. Yet I suppose him virtuous, know him noble, of great estate, of fresh and stainless youth, in voices well divulged, free, learned, and valiant, and in dimension and the shape of nature, a gracious person. But yet I cannot love him. He might have took his answer long ago. If I did love you in my master's flame, with such a suffering, such a deadly life, in your denial I would find no sense. I would not understand it. Why? What would you? Make me a willow cabin at your gate, and call upon my soul within the house. Write loyal cantons of contemned love, and sing them loud even in the dead of night. Hallow your name to the reverberate hills, and make the babbling gossip of the air cry out, Oh, Livia. Oh, you should not rest between the elements of air and earth, but you should pity me. You might do much. What is your parentage? Above my fortunes, yet my state as well. I am a gentleman. Get you to your lord. I cannot love him. Let him send no more, unless perchance you come to me again, to tell me how he takes it. <sighs> Fare you well. I thank you for your pains. Spend this for me. Hey, I am no feed post lady. Keep your purse. My master, not myself, lacks recompense. Love make his heart a flint that you shall love, and let your fervor, like my master's, be placed in contempt. Farewell, fair cruelty. What is your parentage? Above my fortunes, yet my state is well. I am a gentleman. <laughs> I'll be sworn thou art. Thy tongue, thy face, thy limbs, action and spirit do give thee fivefold blazon. Not too fast, soft, soft. Unless the master were the man. How now? Even so quickly may one catch the plague. Methinks I feel this youth's perfections with an invisible and subtle stealth to creep in at mine eyes. Ah, oh, well, let it be. What ho, Malvolio! Here, madam, at your service. Run after that same peevish messenger, the county's man. He left this ring behind him. Would I or not? Tell him I'll none of it. Desire him not to flatter with his lord, nor hold him up with his hopes. I am not for him. If that the youth will come by this way tomorrow, I'll give him reasons for it. 
Hide thee, Malvolio. Madam, I will. I do I know not what, and fear to find mine eye too great a flatterer for my mind. Fate, show thy force. Ourselves we do not owe. What is decreed must be, and be this so. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show. Twelfth Night, Act One. Featuring the voice talents of Nani Brennan as Olivia, Marley Norton as Viola, Aidan Rudd as Sir Toby Belch, Mindy Rast Keenan as Maria, Allison Moser as Festeth, David Alt as Sir Andrew, Pete Mylan as Movolio, Justin Mayer as the Captain, Paul Brueggemann as Duke Orsino, Dave Morgan as Valentine, and Rochelle Hager as Curia. Written by William Shakespeare. Script analysis and dramaturgy by Colin Kelly. Directed by Landon Bell. Featuring the following music. Prohibition Blues and Finger Poppin' by Purple Planet Music of purple-planet.com. Swing Time and Clarinet Sauce by Music by Pedro of youtube.com slash music by Pedro. George Street Shuffle Opportunity Walks, No Good Layabout, and Shades of Spring by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. When That Day Comes by Somewhere Off Jazz Street, and Fragile and Lazy Blue by Jazz Street Trio. Shakespeare Theme by Pavel Zook of Facebook.com slash Zook Music, Z-U-K-M-U-S-I-C. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2014, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.